I'm Devin Gallagher, and you're listening to Media on the Radio. Media on the Radio is a podcast that features conversations with media professionals. Everyone from producers and creators of media to those who do the marketing and distribution. This series of conversations focuses on how to break into the media field as well we explore the media landscape. On today's show, we have Lori McArdle, who is the operations manager at Arlington Independent Media. We chat about her love of music. I can't be without music. Commuting in, I get delayed because I have to pick the song that I want to listen to on the way in. The good old days working at the college radio station. It really was it was kind of like finding the mothership. Because, you know, that's the time, time in your life when you're trying to find your own place and be independent. In the short time working in commercial radio. I did spend a summer in commercial radio. I'll never, ever do that again. <laughs> oh, wait. Well, why is that? We also chat about WERA, the community radio station coming to Arlington, Virginia. The show is recorded at Arlington Independent Media, or AIM. If you live in the Washington, D.C. metro area, check out arlingtonmedia.org. Arlington Independent Media offers classes in video field production, Premiere Pro editing, Pro Tools, WordPress, photography, media marketing, digital cinema, and many more. AIM also has state-of-the-art facilities and equipment for creating your own documentary films, studio chat shows, concerts, podcasts, and radio programs. If you're interested in the local radio, AIM is the home of WERA. Visit WERA.FM for more info. There are countless ways to get involved, like volunteering on programs, taking classes, and producing your own media projects. Check out arlingtonmedia.org for more info. This is Devin Gallagher, host of Media on the Radio, and thanks for listening. Based on what we've learned from your from your bio and kind of the intro, um, the last part of your bio talks about your college radio station and your love of music. And the first question I was going to ask you is, which came first? <laughs> um, well, definitely the love of music. I grew up in a music family. Uh, it was recently that I learned that my father used to lull us back to sleep by whistling the 1812 Overture, which really isn't a lullaby, but we had a baby grand piano in our living room along with a drum kit and a stereo turntable. I think it even had an eight-track player. I was the I was the black sheep of my family because everyone can pick up a guitar and just play, you know, old Irish standards or whatever song. And I'm, you know, I picked up a camera instead. I'm, I'm like, I know a couple chords, but yeah, my my family's very musical as well. It was funny because all of us kids had to play piano before we played another instrument. But being the youngest of four, by the time they got to me, I only had a month of piano lessons before I refused to play anymore. And I, I think they were softened by that time. In retrospect, I wish I had stuck with it. But I went to school in New Jersey at Stockton State College, which it's now transformed into a couple different names. And it's Stockton University. And being local and living at home and going to the local state school, it kind of felt like 13th grade, which happens with like local community colleges or, or a state school. It wasn't until my sophomore year that I needed to get back to what I loved. I love music, so it made sense to go up to WLFR, which is Lake Fred Radio, the radio station at Stockton and get involved. And at the time, all I wanted to do was be behind the scenes. I didn't want to show. I didn't want to be on the air. I didn't want to have anything that put me in this, any sort of spotlight. So it, it kind of became a natural fit. And I just got the bug because there was music that I love that I wanted to share. 
And I realized that that was a great outlet to do that. It really was, it was kind of like finding the mothership because, you know, that's the time, time in your life when you're trying to find your own place and be independent. And here's a bunch of freaks and geeks who all love music at all different genres, but we're all kind of the same. Yeah, I had the exact, we had a very similar upbringing then <laughs> because it took me as well a couple years to kind of find out. I thought I wanted to be a history teacher and then I took a history class. And I didn't want to be a history teacher anymore. Sophomore year, like the second semester, I was just hanging out watching TV late at night on a Friday. And there was this video of, it was one of the Road Rules contestants that had visited campus. (laughs) And it was the local student-run TV show that was on. And they had interviewed him, but they didn't use any of his audio. They just slowed down the interview really slow and put music over top of it. <laughs> remember emailing them that night. I found out what the show was and who they were, and I emailed them that night. And I was like, I have to help you. I have to be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and then from that, I had, like you said, found the mothership, and, and things were very different after that. Yeah, it was interesting. My um my major starting in, in school was pre-physical therapy, which is almost like pre-med I was horrible at science. I joke that I was possessed by aliens for 18 months. And then <laughs> when I st- when I joined <laughs> when I joined WLFR, I stopped going to physics class on Thursday mornings cuz I hung out at the radio station instead. And then I had to break the news to my parents that it was time for to, for me to change my major and then pretty much spent all my free time at WLFR. What was the degree like? Was there a focus that you had? For Stockton, it mainly focused on the organizational side of communication and business. And I remember knocking heads with one of my um, professors. He was telling us all that we all had to buy, you know, men had to buy three-piece suits and women had to have business suits. And here I was in the back. And I I won't say that I was like a, a, a rebel, but at the time I was doing an internship at Nickelodeon that semester, twice a week, I was going, I was commuting to New York. And I just raised my hand and said, I disagree. You know, I'm interning at this television station. And other than the top executives are wearing jeans and t-shirts, because the walls are green and orange. And, you know, there's pictures of slime on the floor, you know, in the hallway, because it that was the environment that we Mm. worked in. We argued a lot about it. That was when I realized that you could find your place and it it didn't have to be so corporate. We had a a great journalism department, which was in the communications department, which was what was my major. But I remember the technical stuff or the technical expertise was, which is true, I think, of a lot of universities, is it's hard to get kind of into the cutting edge stuff early and they don't want to adopt something that's not going to be around. But I remember my teacher was teaching Final Cut Pro, which was relatively new at the time from a book and he had actually never opened the software himself. And that kind of gives you an idea of how fast this stuff moves. And I was curious, is there like a staff advisor at the radio station or did, did there the was students run it? faculty advisor. But when I was there, it was 100% student run, free form, non-commercial, 1300 watts. What was the environment like? It was pretty wild. Initially, like I said, I had I joined in just wanting to work behind the scenes and help out. And then uh, I got the bug to have a show. I started DJing. And then very quickly, I got handpicked to run for business manager. Within a year after that, I was 
the general manager. All of a sudden, here's this painfully shy introvert running meetings that are full of 60, 70, 80 people who, you know, at the beginning of the semester, each semester, there's always a new crop of people who are like, I want to get involved. And that's really where I kind of found my voice a little bit, both personally and professionally, because it was really easy to to make that transition, having to learn how to talk in front of groups of people, because I was talking about things that I loved. How about after graduation? This We can call this the music lover part two. You know, you say you, you try and support music as, as much as you possibly can. Uh, we would go to Asbury Park. We would go to Philly. We would hit Hoboken, New York. And I was still involved in the radio station because community members and alumni could be a part of it. But I had to kind of slow that down because I had to I had to have a job. I did spend a summer in commercial radio. I'll never, ever do that again. <laughs> well, wait, why is that? It's really cutthroat and knife in the back. I wasn't making much money. It wasn't really my scene. It was nice to try for a little while. And it's a lot of people who were in it for the spotlight, which does not appeal to me. They want the accolades. It's like the used car salesman type mentality, especially, you know, because there are there's a sales department. So that particular experience wasn't wasn't very good. Although the owner of the radio station, his philosophies and his practices, for the most part, were okay. Talk about coming to AIM as a programming manager when you started in 2004. Believe it or not, it was actually before I started working here, I had become a member, I had taken classes, but was casually involved with Arlington Independent Media. But there was a, a newsletter that I had received where Paul Valley, the executive director, had, had talked about planning for the future of AIM. And he's, he had talked about incorporating other media outlets, including stuff like internet radio. And I was, <laughs> the light bulb went on and I was really excited. Within all of this, you're still connected to music uh, even though you're not programming a radio station or programming music, you're still going to South, South by Southwest Music Festival every year. I, I can't be without music. Sometimes even commuting in, get, I get delayed because I have to pick a song that I want to listen to on the way in. Or sometimes I just listen to something on repeat. I try not to play it too loud, especially in the office, because hearing the same song over and over to someone else might not be great. Like if a song is repeat worthy, that's... That's a, a so-called hit to me. It might not be to commercial radio or to the general population, but for me personally, it is. One of the perks of working here in terms of, because I'm the senior staff producer, I've always found is that you have access to the equipment and you, you, know, you can produce pet projects on the side or whatever you want to do. The role that you play, especially as operations manager, has been really to support the facility, the staff, and it's a thankless job, I would say. But it doesn't really allow for the, the ability to kind of be creative. Everyone wants to be creative, but, um, you know, someone has to make sure the house is in order. I think it was before you became operations manager, we were in a meeting, and I think we were taking an inventory of internal staff and what their skills might be. And I remember you saying that you have a photographic memory. My question for people that have a photographic memory is, is life easier or is it frustrating because you remember everything and no one else does? That's my question. I don't have a 100% photographic memory. I, I call it semi-photographic memory because I don't remember everything, but I remember most things. <laughs> and I tell people it's a blessing and a curse 
because as much as I remember good things, I remember bad things. So if you think about it, not only in a professional standpoint, like in a personal standpoint. So it's kind of like my mind is spinning and remembering things as as we've gotten busier and there's been a lot more going on. There's more opportunities to forget things, but it can be frustrating because I do remember stuff that most people don't. I've been able to kind of take a step back and recognize that, no, it's, it's okay. Not everyone's going to remember, and but somebody has to. So it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, but I do freak people out sometimes. One of my favorite movies is High Fidelity. And he's, you know, really frustrated as a character. And he has these marital problems. His ex-girlfriend describes him as the uh, professional appreciator of things. Right. <laughs> and I wonder if you sometimes feel like that because you're, you're in a support role and you're, you're in the, the way in which you interact with, with and consume media or, or music. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Although it's funny because um, with High Fidelity, I, I prefer the book version than I the film too. version. I do too. I mean, I enjoyed the film version. Right, right. And I can completely identify with like realphabetizing music collections. And I, I, I do joke that um, I couldn't be in a relationship with anyone without knowing, <laughs> you know, who their favorite band is first. I think I've softened a bit on that, but... <laughs> Yeah, and I've I think that's one of the things that I've been trying to get back to is having that outlet. Just going back and listening to old radio shows from when I was in college, I've been missing that. Actually, a couple summers ago, I recorded a, a song, a cover of a song um, with some friends that I kind of pushed the envelope a little bit because I actually sung on it. I have horrible stage fright. Actually, they made me sing it too at, when they played one time in Philly. And I had to um, consume some alcohol to make that happen. (laughs) One of the purposes of having this conversation, which is another portion of this, would be to talk about WERA 96.7 FM. Can you talk about your role, what what you've been doing to make that happen? When I first learned that the FCC was going to open an application window for construction permits for low power FM in urban areas, it was a community member that had approached Uh, me. One of the great things about working here is that we are able and encouraged to pursue our personal interests and passions within the realm of what we do. And so I I got really excited about it. And, you know, I had been missing my college radio days. And so because this may date back and I took a note where you were mentioning when you first thought about joining or working at Arlington Independent Media, you said, Paul said something about and we can do internet radio. And then your mind went, aha. And so it took until now yeah, it that, was, to close that loop, right? Yeah. like Well, not even <laughs> until now. Like First time I got approached was in 2012. It seemed like it was a perfect fit for you know, AIM to be a part of it. Uh, it would allow us to, to offer more opportunities for training and services for our members and the Arlington community. When I think about it, Radio died with television, and radio's dead. Why should people get excited about local radio? Radio is popular again. Podcasts are, there's a resurgence in interest in podcasts. And talking with people and, and doing the research over the past couple years, it's been really great because the process that we've gone through for this construction permit has been relatively smooth, and it happened a lot sooner than we thought it was going to. 
But ever since it's happened, everyone that we've talked to has been excited about it. And we've gotten green lights and uh, go-aheads and, yeah, let's do this. With WERA, I give you total credit for really initiating the whole process and having the confidence and the belief that it would make sense. Because, honestly, I was really unsure and, and I didn't know. And I think a lot of people had to kind of take a leap of faith, whether on the board or the, the AIM staff. And the membership in, in general were not necessarily kicking and screaming, but were unsure of w w where it was going to go. And it's not even here yet, but now that it, the, the construction is happening and, and it, it looks like everything is just going to fall into place, I think people are, are really excited to the point where Paul LaValle, our executive director, tells a story of he was calling up our insurance person to you know, get a quote for we're going to have this new equipment and everything else. The The person that, that runs our insurance is like, oh, I've always wanted to be have my own radio show. Let me check that out, you know. So it's really, it's been an, a resurgence of, of different kinds of people through the door, different different kinds of artists and members that we're going to be seeing over the next year come through our door, and it's it's really exciting. It's it's interesting because that comes from a really personal experience for me and that was one of the things that I think helped me convince various levels of people here in the organization that it would be a good idea and I had to kind of mold and modify the approach over a couple of years and and it took some some really strange turns but when you believe in something you you want it to happen and you got to find the way to make it happen audio and radio can open people up to share their voice and what they what they need to say particularly for some of the um for some of the community members where english isn't their first language i think will really open us up to a lot of new a lot of new members of the community coming to us for for training and being a part and sharing what they have to say in your role and what you're good at as as we've talked about is you know setting up the systems and setting up the infrastructure for people to create and for people to express themselves. Maybe give us a rundown of WERA for somebody that doesn't really know anything about it. WERA will be Arlington's radio station at 96.7 FM. We'll cover most or all of Arlington. It'll be about a three and a half mile radius for the coverage. We'll also be online. I think the station will help share with the world what a cool place Arlington is. Part of my hope with this podcast is to have people return to the podcast after six months to a year and kind of check back in. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me, and I think it'll be fun because the, the, the radio station has not, has not started yet. Nothing has aired yet as of now, but it will start in December. So can you tell us where we are now and, and what we have to do before de the December 6th deadline? We're still in the construction phase of building the radio booth. Once we get the equipment in, uh, staff has to be trained on it. Uh, and then we are going to train our members and anyone who has submitted programming will need to be trained on it. And then Adam Barnett, who is our new radio coordinator, we're getting him on board and getting him settled in for the big task that he has on hand. While we're still very much a part of what needs to happen with WERA. It's helpful to have an extra hand. And where can people find information on, on the progress or if they want to come to the, the launch party? WERA has a website, 
WERA.FM. Uh, it's just the landing page right now, but there's a space that people can put in their name and email to get on the list to get information. There's also an email address, WERA at ArlingtonMedia.org. Also, the Arlington Independent Media website is a good place, ArlingtonMedia.org. Coming up, we'll, we will have a informational meeting before the launch because we'll need to, to gather up people for on-air content because we were required to have 30 hours a week initially to start off with. The hope is that we can be 24-7 and as much live programming as possible. It's taken a long time. There's been people who have been involved in the process from the the time we were first approached or I was first approached about this idea. Some people have already moved away. Some people have moved away and moved back. And it's really challenging because until there's something tangible for people to get involved in, it's hard to keep them interested. Some of them have, have reached out and said, okay, where, where are we? You know, when can I do this? And like, not yet, not yet. Okay, now's the time. So we're getting, we're getting to the point where now's the time. Uh, and it's really exciting uh, and very rewarding too. My only vision for this project was for it to happen, how it transpires and what it what it becomes and what the pieces of it are. That's not up to me. That's up to everyone involved. And I think that's what community media, community radio really is about. And the beauty of it, that it's not one person calling the shots, that it's a group of people. So I think that's really cool. This whole podcast, I was talking about how you're not doing creative pursuits and you're not producing, but of course that's not true. You've produced this, the the radio station and now also you're producing your own podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, it's something I've been wanting to do for a decade just because uh, I've got lots of friends all over the world who do it. So I finally, uh, it was finally time to just jump in. So I call it Spin Cycle, which is, a, it's actually a old radio show name that I use post-graduation because my college radio show was called The Music Asylum, just because I, I love music so much that it, it gives me asylum from whatever is, whether I'm happy or sad or whatever, for lack of a better name is, you know, Spin Cycle. And part of it was, is that uh, I kind of like the whole idea of spinning and cycles and how things kind of come back, what's new is old, what's old is new again. Music, even if it's digital, I, I still envision it spinning. You know, there's <laughs> records and vinyl, cassettes spin, CDs spin. Um, hard drive spin. Hard drive spin. <laughs> the dial on your iPod, which I have a classic <laughs> iPod that I'm holding on to for dear life because they don't make 80 gig iPods anymore. Right. Right. And I need one larger than that. And it's a mix. I could be jamming out to a traditional Celtic fiddler or, you know, the latest indie rock anthem. Well, I listened to it and it, it's great. It, I was just going to kind of check it out because you sent it to me and I, I was like, oh, this this looks really cool. I checked it out and I ended up listening to the whole hour, <laughs> actually just waiting for you to produce another one because <laughs> I want to I hear it. Well, episode two is in the works. Uh, I don't know when, how that'll coincide with with this podcast, but it should be ready by the time this podcast is ready. So look up Spin Cycle on Mixcloud, or you can search Lori McArdle on Mixcloud. She, she, you can find it there. Yeah, we have a we have an area on the AIM site that it, we've been compiling some audio content, not necessarily content that will make it onto WERA, but just some things that 
AIM members and staff have been producing. Yeah, well, thanks for chatting with me. Sure, it was fun. This is Devin Gallagher, host of Media on the Radio, and thanks for listening. You can find episodes of Lori's show, Spin Cycle, as well as new episodes of Media on the Radio, visit arlingtonmedia.org.